welcome to System Mastery, the podcast where we beat a dead horse 1d6 damage at a time. And hey, guess what? It's time for Supplement Spectacular 3. So gear up to not actually hear about a new role-playing game, but instead to learn about extra material for two old ones. You paid for your whole seat and you're going to need it, including the edge and the main butt part. Anyway, it's System Mastery. Hello and welcome back to System Mastery. It's me, the primary host, The Edge, joined as always by my co-host, Main Butt Part. Hell yeah! <laughs> I'm fatty. Yeah, and I have to be in you too. <laughs> That's a shame. <laughs> I mean, ultimately, I'm a multimillionaire, but at least I'm not Bono. At least. Yeah. You got that going for you. <laughs> so, how are you doing this week? Oh, I'm good. I was uh I was having a very sleepy day, but now I'm wide awake and I'm ready to talk to the people about a special little supplement for a game they might not remember. Yeah, and ultimately supplement spectaculars. This is going to be our third one of these, uh, and what what happens with these is generally I will pick a book, not start reading it until like two days left in my time to have the book, and then realize it's a supplement, panic dramatically, contact John, tell him he has to read also a supplement so that we don't look like morons. And then we get to go on the air and tell everyone that we're morons. <laughs> but at least we don't look like it. Oh, wait a minute. Why did I say we? You. You look like a moron. <laughs> no, you work with me involuntarily. <laughs> <laughs> I voluntarily work with you. So, you know, who's the bigger idiot? The fool or the fool that follows him and calls him the main butt part. <laughs> so uh, so that's what generally happens with these. Although this time I kind of had a suspicion that the book I was picking was just a supplement. Uh, but yeah, it took me a while to verify. John, I'm in, I'm in hardcore editing mode right now, as you know. Because mm-hmm. uh, we have a fourth book on the horizon. Yes. Yeah, the- you can see it on the horizon why it's already peaked the edge of amazon's book list hey i'm the edge <laughs> yeah it's peaked you <laughs> no my well it's peaked my interest but yeah you can find it on amazon already it's it's uh even though it won't be out until mid-april of next year uh the book the dungeon meister cookbook which is a follow-up to our cocktail guide book uh, but now it's 75 food recipes but now sp- it's 75 dollars <laughs> fuck you pay me <laughs> Well, I do believe in charging way more for RPGs. We try to work in the non-RPG book writing market. We try to work on volume. So please spend the, I think it's 18 bucks that it costs. Which it definitely won't ever actually cost. Well, Amazon always drops those prices, yeah. But yeah, it's already up for pre-order right now, but it is not done by half. I am am knee-deep in fixing minor corrections. And there's... Well, John has had a nice sleepy day. There is nothing that makes me saltier than dealing with edits from editors for just hours on end. Yeah. <laughs> they're always right. Like, they're never wrong about anything, really. But Except for all those things they're wrong well, about. Well, okay, this time is my first time writing, like, an actual, honest-to-God, recipes in a cookbook book, and the style guide is driving me insane. Awesome. And it's not their fault. I know it's a style guide thing, but every time they're like, you know, they're like, you can't put a pinch of salt. You have to put a specific amount of salt. And I'm like, that is... Who, what, did, did, I'm sorry, is this Dungeon Meister a cookbook for robots? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
but I get it. I know where they're coming from. I'm not mad. I'm in fact, I'm I'm pleased because you're here to take me away from it for a while. <laughs> Indeed, I'm here to help whisk you away from the horrible editing monsters that follow you. Thanks, Calgon. <laughs> <laughs> ancient chinese secret huh that seems kind of racist <laughs> that's an old commercial and pretty racist i would be pretty great if that was how the commercial ended ancient chinese secret huh that's super racist you should just say it's soap you idiots come on karen don't do that <laughs> you're as bad as that glade candle lady <laughs> <laughs> i got them in southern france yeah southern france isn't famous for candle making <laughs> That's a weird lie in the first place. Why would you do that? <laughs> John Luke. This is like claiming you have a model boyfriend in Canada, but then you drop Canada and say he's from like Bosnia, Herzegovina or something. And that just raises further questions. You're like, oh, no, <laughs> you fucked up. Don't do that. <laughs> just say I got them at Target. <laughs> the Target in the south of France. Yes, I got it in Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> On 69th Street in Nice, I assume that's an actual place that exists. Of course not. Probably not. I don't think Nice uses a downtown street layout. No, probably not. <laughs> and if they did, it wouldn't be 69. It'd be whatever the French equivalent of that is. Uh, mille 420s mille and 9, <laughs> you shit language for assholes. That would be 89. <laughs> uh, you know what I love doing is just going through as many different countries as possible and pissing off everyone there. Hey, you know who sucks the British. And more than that, the English. I think it's just Soissons Neuf. Uh, I think that's 69. I'm pretty sure that the French doesn't start going lunatic, do your own math kind of language until the 70s. Because then it's Soissons Dix Neuf or 6010.9. Yeah, Soissons Dix Nuts. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that even depends on what country. Like, I think in Belgium, they just have a word for 70 and 80. But in France, no, it's, it's four times 20 plus eight or whatever, if you want to say like 88. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you shouldn't. And you shouldn't. Yeah, unless you were, like, born that year. And then, then you know, sorry. Oops. Or I guess if you're a member of the Crazy 88 from yeah. Kill, Kill Bill 1. Ooh, then, that would be sad for you that, that's a to thing. go to France and be like, <laughs> I'm part of the Crazy 420s and 8. <laughs> Do you think they use different drug and sex numbers in France because their <laughs> numbers are stupid? I mean, they aren't. See, like I said, 69 in French is just soissant neuf. It's just 69. So it's fine. But 420 is definitely going to be something. Yeah. Actually, it won't. It'll be 420. It'll just be 420. Eh, well. So. Anywho, I'm sorry. This is a horrible. That was terrible. Digression that went nowhere. Uh, who wants to go first? Raise your know. hand. Do you or should I? <laughs> I'll go first. How about that? Because my book, uh, I, I don't know if it came out before your book, but I know that the episode that we did on the book that, that, it, that it is a supplement of was earlier. I don't know. When did this supplement come out? Bad. I'm gonna make you look Stop at making things. me look at stuff. I don't want to do that. <laughs> Looks like it came out in '93. Oh, sweet! Mine came out in '92. Get fucked. Oh, you want to go first then? No, I mean you should go first. Wow, <laughs> my book's older chronologically. Uh. <laughs> anyway, I am gonna be doing the supplement to Ace Agents, which is an old, old episode that we did, and a rare game that we actually kind of liked. Like, yeah, I, it's I, a good episode, it's too. A good, it's a fun episode, yeah. We had a fun time making it, and it's it was a, a fun game. And, and hell, people still joke about the bonus content characters from this one. Hell yeah. That was a smoke trees and... Smosive K-trees. Smosive K-trees and blaze it. Because <laughs> they were G.I. Joe mans. Yeah. Because, you know, just as a quick refresher for people who may not 
go all the way back to episode 49 of the show. Uh, Ace Agents is a, uh, a, 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 a G.I. Joe send up more or less. You play as, as crack secret agents from a team that shoots lasers at the at the enemy team who also shoots lasers. And the whole thing seems to exist like parallel to regular militaries. Yeah. You have like this. And they're all celebrities this is a big part of it. Yeah. The, so. the more people know you, the better. Yes, exactly. The whole the vast majority of the game was you even had like a a score that that was a PR. You had PRs, public relations, because it was how famous you were and how much stuff you could get from being famous. Oh yeah, because if you're like Roadblock or whatever, people are like, yeah, great. Mm-hmm. But if you're just like, I'm Dump Truck, you're like, who? <laughs> First of all, Dump Truck was hugely popular and everyone loved him. I mean, not everyone can be Sergeant Slaughter or uh, I don't know Shipwreck. You know how hard it is to not say Shore Leave. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> that character wasn't even in the like the last season of the show, and it's still it's the saddest truth. I mean he was. Was he? Did he show up at all? Yes. Okay, that's good to know. In the uh the episode where they have the meeting between the two. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the one that's where where uh, Venture has to moderate. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a great chance for them to bring him back. Yeah. He is almost assuredly my favorite Venture Brothers character. Cause he's hyper he's just basically like what if Brock was was even more fun? <laughs> Because he has the same level of hyper-competence. He's just so cool. Anyway, uh, to get back to it, yeah, so you, the idea is you build yourself like a G.I. Joe man, and you go off and you have adventures, and and the game uh, was very proprietary. It wasn't really like a lot of other games. It had its own stat structure. It was primarily a, uh, a percentile roll-under, but the way that you generated those stats was... was uh, actually pretty basic uh you you just added a skill and a, and a uh a, to your stat and then that created a number that you had to roll under on percentile dice to accomplish anything mm-hmm. so really quick here let me just dig up a copy of a character sheet so i can go through the stat values and so on here we go they are in order strength dexterity fitness intellect will perception attractiveness and public relations and one thing i remember liking a, a reasonable amount about this game was that the attractiveness value was not like you know it was, it didn't mention the opposite sex at all and mostly it was about how you were able to interrelate with your public uh-huh. how hot you were was not really like could you seduce the enemy team or anything it was more like do you play well on camera yes which is pretty great it works it, it interrelated well with the public relations score each one of the stats you generated by rolling 4d10 uh, so you ended up with a range between 4 and 40, but with an average somewhere in the 20s. Mm-hmm. And uh, you could build those stats up. In fact, one of the things that was kind of neat about this game was that the stat and skill spreads uh, showed up often. Like, your character accelerated rapidly, because the way it worked was you didn't really get XP as you were making your way through the game, uh, so much as it was like, oh, every time you finish a mission, you get a D10 to, a, to upgrade your stats with, and you get two D10 to upgrade your skills with, and so on and so forth. Yeah. So it was kind of Final Fantasy 2-ish, in that it was incremental gains every time you did anything, as opposed to waiting for breakpoints. Mm-hmm. So I, I was a big fan of that. Uh, other stuff about it, it had two health tracks, uh, called CP and SP, uh, and well, I honestly do not remember what those cock stand for. points and suck points. <laughs> yeah, they're cock and suck points. No, one of them is I remember what the C stands for. S is like stun, so that's the that's the track for getting knocked out. Where C is like the martial the uh, the actual violent stat, like if you're dying or something. Yeah, and it had one of my favorite little j- send up jokes about the GI Joe connection there, uh, which was that the way that the game worked was everyone ran around with red and blue lasers not because they were cutting-edge state-of-the-art technology, but because lasers in the universe of Ace Agents don't hit that hard. Ah. And they in, they inflict uh, 
S damage as opposed to inflicting C damage, which means it's way hard to kill someone with a laser because nothing tanks your PR score like needlessly murking people in public. Oh, yeah, because, you know, if I go up and I'm like, yeah, I just fucking killed Cobra Commander. It was like, why the fuck did you do that? It ruined the storyline. I loved Cobra Commander. Yes, because part of it, the, the the other gimmick about the game was that the uh, the universe of like the G.I. Joe, the ace agents as they were, existed in the in the public eye it was like if the gi joe were real was basically the premise of it so yeah. that so that there were still action figures and comic books and tv shows and all of that stuff about G, uh, the ace agents even though they actually existed it was serialized we keep going back to the venture brothers but it's basically the story of the rusty venture show mm-hmm. um and that was kind of neat it, 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 your pr score would inf- influence things like your income because it'd be like how many how often are you showing up in the comics what exclusive deals are you getting? Are there action figures of you? You get a cut of that. Hell yeah, you can go on, I don't know, talk shows and shit. Yeah, so that was kind of neat. So that's why you didn't want to murk anybody, because that wasn't popular and it messed with the writer's jobs. I mean, granted, the writers were primarily just interpreting what actually happened and writing it in a more fun way. But still, you don't want to lose fun characters. No, you don't. And part of what made the bad guys of the game, codename Python, which I don't even think stands for anything. Might. They put the dots in there, because you're gonna. Uh, but Python's whole, one of the reasons they're grumpy is because they don't get licensing deals and shit. Yeah, they're evil. They're evil. So who's working with them? Which is funny because they still use the lasers. And I'm like, you know, if you're that mad, just try and try and kill the G.I. Joes, you know? Well, once that happens, then the G.I. Joes start using guns and then everything's fine. I think that's, that might literally be it, that they're just keeping it at cat and also cat as opposed to going all into cat and mouse games. Or, or like, you know, the moment they kill a G.I. Joe, the U.S. military is going to be like, all right, you killed one of our little JV henchmen. <laughs> you, you killed one of the people we like to put in the spotlight, so now we got to <laughs> slap you. Plus, that way, they're like, if we keep it to we shoot lasers, then that means we don't die and then we can leave later because they'll just let us go. Look, the military has its ablative shield made of people who have names that are simple compound words that people think would make good names for soldiers. And the moment you accidentally put a fucking bullet in tube top, you know we're going to get mad at you. Oh, no. You fucked up Slap Chop and he's coming for you. <laughs> Man, I want to build a whole team of nothing but shit that you can just buy on TV. <laughs> Hi, I'm OxyClean. <laughs> I've got the power of oxygen in every blast. <laughs> I'm Sham Wow. I'm a magician. <laughs> I wear this tuxedo on missions. <laughs> it's made of that Sham Wow crap. <laughs> That chamois cloth. Ooh, chamois. I'm so dry, you guys. You guys are so dry. I'm so dry. I'm dying. Help. Avenge my death. <laughs> that's okay. I'll help you. I'm Camelback. <laughs> Is that one that's on TV on the regular? I don't remember. I don't know. Yeah, might, might as well be. I don't Fuck know. It. I don't care. You could also get like Garden Weasel. That's pretty... <laughs> That's feel, a great like name for one. It's probably more of a bad guy one, right? Garden Weasel? Yeah, probably. <laughs> We've been infiltrated by the Garden Weasel. <laughs> he's not your garden variety weasel. Oh, wait. Yes, he is. No, he specifically is. <laughs> no, so, that's his... very much exactly what he is. <laughs> it's Eggmaster. <laughs> he's firing tubes of pre-cooked egg. Oh, no. Silver Bullet. He actually kills people with silver bullets. <laughs> All right, so the game that the supplement that I have, so that's that's your basic primer on the game. It was fairly straightforward. You assembled skills and rolled under them and had a fun time trying to keep your PR score nice and high so that you were popular and you were making lots of money while mm-hmm. also fighting the forces of Python. Yes. So the supplement for it, it 
you know, every time I go to the bathroom, I'm fighting the forces of Python. You know what I mean? Huh? <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> Cock points. Cock points. <laughs> That's what the C stands for. Thank you for finally telling me. Uh, Ace Supers is the supplement. And it is a superpower supplement. So basically it takes Ace Agents and makes it into a superhero game. Now let me ask you a question. Mm. Do you still have PR? Yes. Uh, the, in fact... The the uh, neat thing about the Ace Supers supplement is that, for the better or worse, it is almost entirely just a sequel to Ace Agents. Ooh. And I mean that in every sense. I mean, it, it, it you can take an old Ace Agents character and literally just give them some points. You give them like 5d10 and say, here, spend these on superpowers. Now you're a, now you're a character in Ace Supers. So the characters are pretty much strictly just better because they have superpowers, but they're mm -hmm. the exact same thing as Ace Agents otherwise. So it's basically just taking Ace Agents and turning it from being... A G.I. Joe pastiche to being like S.H.I.E.L.D. Kind of, yeah. Or like, I don't know, Mask or something where maybe if there was an equivalent G.I. Joe where the G.I. Joes had minor superpowers, but they were still like a, a crack military team. Like I mean, that's basically agents. just S.H.I.E.L.D. Is that oh, Yeah, you know what? That, that makes sense. There's enough super people on S.H.I.E.L.D. that it makes, you know, you get your Mockingbird, although she doesn't have powers. Hang on. You've got your Quake and uh, Spider-Woman and other S.H.I.E.L.D. agents who have superpowers. Yeah. Name any three any other three <laughs> you know nick fury uh abigail brand until she founded sword i think she has powers maybe does nick fury technically have powers i mean he I think drank he's from is a he fountain that is made him like he lives for way longer and he's slightly stronger and whatever so he's he is definitely not a standard human okay all right so he is he is slightly enhanced in some way yeah in in usual comic books i don't usually think in his cps you know what i mean yeah <laughs> I don't know if they count like Nick Fury or Sam Jackson's Nick Fury as being no the, more human than human. The MCU Nick Fury is not the I was in World War II and then I found like the Fountain of Youth. That's a weird story. Yeah, although I guess he is a scroll right now, right? I like mean, last we saw him. Uh -huh. <laughs> anyway, uh, to get back to it, so basically, yeah, it, it is also a a story sequel to Ace Agents. So not only do you build a character by just taking a regular Ace Agents character and slapping superpowers on them, which I'll get into how to do that, but also it is a story about how in the Ace Agents world, superpowers were developed by the uh, by scientists working for Ace, and they formed a, a group called Aces, which obviously the S just now stands for super, so it's whatever A-C-E stands for, super. Yeah. Uh, I don't and, know. And that goes along with the wild card series of supers that were known as Aces. Mm, in the wild card series. That's true. You got a good point there. Yeah, Does, look at me knowing things. <laughs> is that wild card? Like, that an image comics or something we're talking no, about? No, wild card was a book a series. playing game? Oh, that. Yes. Okay. Yeah. By uh, uh, George R.R. R. Tolkien. Yes. <laughs> is, that, is that correct? Yes. Okay, good. Then we can move on. Yes. And no one will be mad at us. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. There we go. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so basically, it, it's a world where... Uh, they were experimenting on people to attempt to uh, like enhance them in various ways, but they kept accidentally like hurting them or killing them or it just didn't work until eventually a single experimental accident occurred and a person stepped into a beam when she should otherwise not have. And for the first time ever, the system worked and she developed uh, laser eyes. So it's basically she has Cyclops eyes, mm -hmm. but also has kind of a vampire face with super hearing. 
So she's got superhero. Oh, she's the one on the cover. Yes, exactly. So the the cover features the, the first super to to appear in this universe. She has like giant bat eyes, and also you can see she's got glowy blue in the in the. Or sorry, she has giant bat ears and glowy blue eyes going on. Yeah, she she's very much like like a Morbius. <laughs> yes, except that she combines the powers of I don't know Cyclops and Daredevil, kind of, because she has like super hearing. But that's but anyway, her name is Laser Bat. Well, you can't argue with that. Yeah, the uh, I, I gotta say the the switch uh, the pastiche switch from being all about uh, GI Joe characters to being all about superheroes has not done well for the name game. Uh, it's they aren't awful, but now you find characters names they still have like a lot of GI Joe names like the villains are named things like Headmistress and Wrong Way, but the vi- the heroes are named stuff in this book like Robin Hood and Maid Marian. Oof! <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Robin Hood, of course, is like the archer hero. Yeah. And he's literally Robin Hood. Like, he wants to rob from the rich and give to the poor and all that. Ugh. But they do stick very much to a kind of He-Man difference between good and evil. (laughs) Yes. Where, like, you know, the the evil, the major evil villain is named, like, Stenchor or something, because he's like a giant (laughs) robot that smells real bad. Excellent. That's a great, great idea. Yeah, I don't think it's Stenchor. I think it's... Decentor or something like that. I mean, that. that's yeah. a that's a real, real big Doom Patrol vibes. <laughs> I've never read Doom Patrol. I've only ever watched the show, and the show makes it feel like the sh- the the, uh, the series is way more portentous than I think it actually is. Oh no! I mean, the actual comics are mostly just weird nonsense. Like, take the weird nonsense from Doom Patrol, mm-hmm. make it slightly less sad. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's fair. Yeah, because Doom Patrol is just aggressively sad. Oh, like yeah. The show is just like, Jesus, this is unrelenting. You've made me cry about Flex Mentallo. How dare you? I mean, at least Flex Mentallo has a happy ending and is one of the best characters the show ever did. I mean, Flex Mentallo's, not to spoil anything, but his one true love disintegrates in his arms after being apart for like 50 years. Um, so no, he doesn't exactly have a happy ending. Sure he does. He ends up living on Danny the street and he, and he, uh, and the two of them have a, a good relationship and he ends up becoming, and he makes like, an entire street orgasm. Yeah. He has like a, he hangs out with Danny the street and he lives with him now, even when he becomes like Danny, Danny the, the tire, Danny the tire. Yeah. So he's, he finds happiness in the end and he's still a fucking amazing character. Honestly, the thing about that show is that it's unrelentingly sad. And I know we've kind of divested now or diverged now into disc- reviewing the current show, Doom Patrol. As much as it's deeply sad, the character work is fantastic on this. Oh, yeah. it's amazing. It's a great show. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, they've made some changes to the characters so that they can pile on the sadness. Like, you know, having poor Elastigirl, like, have no powers beyond turning into a gross blob. Blop. <laughs> Uh, as opposed to her usually just being like, what if the DC universe also had a doctor, a, uh, you know, professor, professor impossible. Why can't I think of Mr. Fantastic's name? Yeah. What if it also had a Mr. Fantastic and it wasn't elongated man (laughs) or plastic man, you know, what if it had a third one? (laughs) There's probably a third one already. I'm sure there's a villain one. Oh, you know what? Martian Manhunter probably counts. He's pretty fucking stretchy. <laughs> what, you saying that that reference is a bit of a stretch? Hey! Please talk about the book. Okay, Please fine. clap. <laughs> <laughs> so, Laser Bat's the first one. And right after that, as soon as they discover that they can make super supers, they start making supers as fast as they can. Uh, they, they, it's not a very safe procedure. It can lead to some unexpected side effects, like having, for example, giant ears, or um, one of the heroes on the hero team is named Chernobyl Man, uh, because, yeah, he's basically has Superman powers, but also he's aggressively radiation-y. Hmm. Um, 
So not safe to be around, can't really live near other people, that kind of stuff. All right. What are you looking up? What are you doing? What's going on? Hey. You're freaking me out. <laughs> don't worry about I'm, it. I'm peering behind the veil. Don't worry. I wish I... I should always have my laptop out during these so I can look things up without having to get my phone, where I have to then swipe and do little nonsense things, which is terrible. I understand completely. That said, it just looks like you doubt me in some way. Oh, no. I don't doubt you. I was looking up the uh, the character that I was thinking of when you said that, which was... I had forgotten... What, like Radiation Man or whatever Duke his name is? Duke Nukem. Oh. The Captain Planet villain, yes. Duke Nukem. Yeah. Not to be confused with yeah. Duke Nukem, the video game. Right. Isn't there a Marvel villain or semi-villain named Radiation, Mr. Radi... Radi There's Radiation Man or Radioactive Man. Radioactive Man. That's what I was trying to remember, yeah. Yeah, which is DC. Okay. And he's just like a green guy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but anyway, Chernobyl Man's not even that important. All I'm trying to indicate is that... It's not a 100% safe or effectively predictable procedure. Yes. You don't know what's going to happen to you. You might be some kind of a thing of a man. Yeah, exactly. You might turn into some kind of a weird Hulk. Yeah, or perhaps a fuzzy blue demon. Or maybe you'll be some kind of Spider-Man. <laughs> some kind of Spider's man. <sighs> anyway, uh, so as a result, while it, it, the uh, procedure to become a super is available to every member of Ace, Ace if they want it, a lot of them turn it down. And of course, the tech race has advanced considerably over the course of uh, super time as well, because super invention is one of the powers you can acquire. Mm. So now everyone who doesn't have superpowers is usually running around in superpowered battle suits that are specifically designed to counter super people. There you go. Uh, so if you do voluntarily sign up to become a super, you get a bunch of new powers. Maybe you don't look quite right. The game doesn't have rules for that or anything. Your look is entirely up to you. Uh, but you make more money now because you voluntarily went through a difficult procedure. Yeah, and they blasted you with weird stuff and made you come out the other end. Exactly. And it's got, again, it's got kind of that Adventure Brothers vibe where, like, remember that one time when Dr. Girlfriend was perusing the guild like and they were like we're gonna sign you up for a for a new villain persona take a dip in a vat of boiling minks and they were like running her through origin stories that she could have yeah it's like that here you you uh you, you don't know really what your origin story is gonna be but it's gonna be something wacky and you're gonna come out with superpowers that relate to it great mm -hmm. now the neat thing about the way that this game's superpower system oh and by the way uh eventually python moles manages to steal the super tech and of course they have their own bad guys of course obviously go. so just in case you're wondering why there's bad guy ones if, if ace invented the procedure it's because they were infiltrated by python it's because they were infiltrated by garden weasel <laughs> damn that guy i hate that guy <laughs> but i must work with him <laughs> Uh, He's always digging up my azaleas. Damn you, Garden Weasel. I was once a man with azaleas. He keeps digging up our azaleas. <laughs> so, uh, the neat thing about the way that powers in this game work is that they come in three pillars. Same. Um, <laughs> very specific. <laughs> Weird, Wait, but go on. Are they the three types of classic pillar? Do you only come in Corinthian, Ionic, and Doric pillars? Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. Normally dork. <laughs> Doric. It's not just dork. I said it. <laughs> dork. <laughs> said it fast. Now, now someone's going to point out that Ionic isn't right and neither is Corinthian. I don't fucking know. It's rich and leather. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Corinthian's that guy with, eye, with mouths for eyes. I'm up to speed. Yeah. 
He got that smiley eyes. Yeah, and also I think he's a book in the Bible. Yeah, Corinthians. Yeah, and I don't think it has anything to do with each other, with it. Not even a little. Not even bit. a little. Like, there's no way to draw a metaphorical parallel between Corinthians and the Corinthian. Nope. And that's just the way Guyman likes to work. And that's just the way things go. Yeah. Anyway, um, so the, when I say pillars, I mean there's offensive, defensive, and general powers that you can choose from. Mm-hmm. But rather than uh, force you to abandon the general powers because obviously you should just invest heavily in offense and defense and you know be a powerhouse, you can't because you get X number of points to invest in each one of those pillars. And anytime you finish a mission, you get further dice, again, subdivided up between the three pillars. So you're constantly growing in all three categories. That's a great choice. It's a neat way to do it. I like that decision. Mm-hmm. So the powers that you can pick in overall, they're fairly straightforward. Going down the list of the powers here isn't going to be especially interesting because there's nothing that's too wild or out of the ordinary. Basically, offensive powers are separated between beams and various ways to to uh, kind of enhance your physicality so that you can punch harder or punch. And when you punch, it's a poison punch or something. And when you bark, bees come out. <laughs> and the baby looked at you and then you took damage. Aw. Baby damage. Oh, no, baby damage. Mm-hmm. I got to get that sweet baby marrow. <laughs> but, you know, it's the pretty basic stuff, like flame blasts and energy bolts and cold blasts. Uh, they do a set amount of damage, which is equivalent to uh, your PS, which is your power score. Power score is generally, this game is all percentile stuff. Mm-hmm. So when you put points into a power, that is your power score. If you put 30 points into Flame Blast, you have a Flame Blast of 30. When you shoot with it, it does 30 damage, probably, unless it has a multiplier listed here. So, for example, if you're looking at Cold Blast, Cold Blast does your, your PS times one half in, uh, in SP and a PS times one in CP damage, which means that it does more uh, real damage than stun damage, because I guess Frostbite's serious business. I guess. Mm-hmm. But uh, that this game doesn't really do rolled damage. Instead, you you calculate the values of damage and then just say, like, I do 35 damage to you. What is your response? And they go, oh, you subtract my armor. Oh, I tell you to fuck off. I tell you to fuck off. And we go get blintzes. <laughs> Let's go get a pizza. <laughs> yes, and let's the get a pizza. <laughs> the other thing I like here is that this game, for a, for a superheroes game from the early 90s, doesn't have, like, power points. Mm-hmm. Like, you have a power score, which is a, a static score you use to determine the efficacy of your power, but you can just shoot it all day. There's there's uh, there's nothing stopping you. from. It's not like the Sega no one, Genesis. Oh, yeah. No one's like, well, I'm Cyclops, and I shot my lasers twice, yeah. so I guess I just hang out. It's not like Sega Genesis X-Men, where Wolverine's claws are a power, and you can only have them out for 30 seconds without finding a canister of, of claw juice, I guess. Mmm, claw <laughs> juice. That's just monster energy. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's crab juice from that Simpsons scene. <laughs> Clav Kalosh or crab juice. Uh, no, it was Mountain Dew or crab juice. That's right. I'm remembering my Simpsons Ew. jokes. <laughs> Give me the crab juice. <laughs> Most of the offensive powers also have a little rider that, you know, kind of makes sense for the type of power they are. So Cold Blast, for example, can freeze people to the ground or freeze bodies of water, generally lower the temperature of things. Flame Blast can set stuff on fire. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you get the basic idea. Electrical Bolt can be sent. It, it, it's a uh, a test. You can use it to, like, try and turn on a lamp or something. Ah. But you have to test to see if you don't, you know, Just shoot. blast a exactly. lamp. Exactly. <laughs> because shooting that little power is pretty difficult for even the most well-trained super. And so they might accidentally just blow shit up. It's it's a test to try and be like, I'll turn on or I'll open that door, that electric lock door with my lightning chute. Zap. Mm-hmm. You've also got so there's some fun ones here. You got Gravity Wave, 
uh, illusions are a regular thing in this. There's an illusion offense, defense, and a couple of them in the in the general powers category, so that you can create kind of an illusionist. But it's got that kind of '90s illusion vibe where it's just worse than just shooting someone with anything else. Oh yeah, you know, the, or it's the it's, whole like, ah, oh, you can do a shadow version of a spell, yeah, and it's half as good. Okay, well. unless they disbelieve it, and then it's useless. And you're like, what's the upside? What is the upside to doing this? Why am I getting this instead? Uh, because. You like the idea of illusions. Yeah, I, I think I'll just make my character without the illusions, and then when I'm done creating them and I'm doing all the skinning and building of the character, I'll say they're illusions. Ta-da! <laughs> Ta-da! Shamwow! <laughs> Got my character made already. Yeah. Uh, defenses is pretty much a very similar structure. Uh, the basic defense mechanic is you take... Uh, you get things like, oh, I have ice armor, I have flame armor, I turn my skin to steel, I'm just unusually tough. Very similar to the City of Heroes model, which mm-hmm. is kind of prophetic because this predates City of Heroes by like, I don't know, 15 years. But uh, but yeah, it, there's also some that are like, you know, hyper uh, uh, reflexes, viper beams. hyper viper beams. Uh, there's also a bunch of weapons you can choose from in the offensive. I didn't want to forget to mention that. Super claws, super boomerang, super hammer, that kind of thing, where you're just like, my, oh, I do damage, but in the form of this boomerang. Yeah. Notably popular with Australian heroes. Huh. Who'd have thought? <laughs> popular with mutant kangaroos. <sighs> yeah, they do that a lot. There's This book's got some... I mean, I'm going to go ahead and say it. It's a 93 comedy book, so there's going to be some iffy jokes. Uh, nothing so much so that like I would remain mad at it to this day. That the cl- the close There's no opposite sex in here. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's good. There is, however... Do you remember this joke from the original Ace Agents book, John, that there was a guy who was a member of the Ace team whose job it was to hand out equipment? His name was Lenny, and his whole deal was he didn't want to give you any equipment, but he wanted to give you enough equipment that you wouldn't die, because if you died, then he wouldn't get any of the equipment back. Yes. So it was his job to know exactly how much equipment to give you so that you'll succeed in the mission and come back without giving you too much equipment because he doesn't like giving you stuff. Yes. But he also doesn't like losing stuff. So there's there's this whole character. And there's there's whole skills revolving around how can you mess with this guy and try and get more out of him than you need to and punishment mechanics for what happens if you try that too much. Well, obviously, he, of course, still exists. Uh, Now he hands out super tech. Because ah. because uh, you know you can get battle suits they're like Iron Man level gear. Uh, in fact, you can if you want to you can build your whole character and say, oh yeah, my character doesn't have superpowers. He's in a robo suit. Yeah, there's no difference between the two choices. You just say my character's in a robo suit and he just shoots energy out of his robot armor and and uh, it's identical to playing a character who shoots energy out of his hands because why make unnecessary complexity? Great. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, so Lenny is still the exact same joke here, and I have forgotten where the hell I was going. I don't know. How you doing? <laughs> by the way episode 49 the how you doing episode i'm kidding it was an expounded universe yes <laughs> uh, I, I genuinely cannot remember what the fuck i was talking about you're talking about jokes and then you started talking about lenny and- thank you jokes that's what i wanted to get to thank you john yeah. jesus christ my brain i've been editing too long you got I'm, a bad brain i'm gonna clean this up let me just check the time stamp real quick no don't 34 34 32 i'm gonna remember that yeah Remember it. I Jeff won't. will remember this. I won't. No, he won't. No, I won't. <laughs> Parentheses. No, he won't. <laughs> Forget everything. Anyway, the joke was that someone asked Lenny for too much shit. Like, they were pushing Lenny too hard. It was the guy named, like, Captain Hercules or something. Uh, and and the, it's, it's a one-off. He's not a character in the book. Yeah. Anyway, it's just a joke. So Captain Hercules pushes Lenny too hard, and Lenny gives him an untested serum, and now he has to go by Captain Aphrodite. 
Okay. Yeah. All right. So you know that. This is one of the standard, oh, the, the evil drug forced my je- my sex change type joke, which I'm assuming just flew in the, you know, mask era. Yeah. Or not mask, Ace Ventura yeah. era. Now, it doesn't fly anymore. And it's not, I'm not going to blame them for that. This is, it's just weird to see it in an older, it's an older book. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. All right. So uh, there's a lot of generic powers in addition to the offensive and defensive powers, but again, they're pretty much the stuff you'd expect. You got your fr- your teleporting, your your yeah, phasing. I assumed most of your movement powers would be in generic. A lot of them are actually under defensive. Huh. Uh, so, so like flying is defensive. Well, not flying. Flying is generic, but phasing uh, tele- and teleporting are both in this book at least. Uh, primarily defensive powers. Uh, there's a regular teleport you can get in general as well, but mini porting, as it's known, is one of the the, the cooler defensive powers. So just dodge porting. It is. It's it, it's it's uh, reflexive. When something shoots you, you might just automatically teleport three feet to one side or the other, just to not get hit by it. Neat. It's it's a neat little power. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of general uh, general powers as well. But they're they're pretty much exactly what you think they are: form manipulations, healing, stuff like that. So that's it's pretty neat. And uh, after that, there's a whole big section of. Uh, you know, more backstory for the game. Obviously, now that you're playing as superheroes, you're going to be getting primarily in superhero fights. It's not You're not supposed to go out and beat up just a wave of uh, Python non-powered agents. That's just a dick move. Plus, it eats up the work that, that's left over for the regular ace agents who don't have powers and are still trying to make an honest buck here. Oh, yeah. You got to let them do their thing, and then you can do your thing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then there's also a couple of new agencies out there that are floating around. There's, I think there's one called like Muscle or something like that. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on it at the moment. But it is basically the Justice League. Oh, so, good. So in case you were like, all right, well, obviously we've got our kind of G.I. Joe versus our kind of Cobra. Or I guess, I don't know, we could say it's S.H.I.E.L.D. versus a Serpent Society or something. Ah. Whatever generic evil organization S.H.I.E.L.D. routinely fights. Hydra. Oh, right. Hydra. Thanks for reminding me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With all their powered people, like um, Fenris and uh, Madam, Madam Hydra. Hydra and Agent Vaughn killing you guy. My favorite. <laughs> Russian Gaiovich. <laughs> Is how you say. Yeah. Okay. So then there's, so like I said, there's an additional couple of agencies and so on. And then we finally get into a list of the current supers that are operating out of the Ace Agents group, some of which are remnants of the previous agents book where they they'll be like the superpowered personas of the because ace ace agents is one of those games where every chapter is introduced by someone mm-hmm. they tended to stick to the sidebar so it wasn't irritating like it is in other books that we've read mm-hmm. but it was one of those so now you get to meet you get to meet laser bat and captain chernobyl and robin hood and just made marion robin just, hood just regular ass made marion great uh commander cranium who has psychic powers uh, Hummingbird, who's a little bird guy. Little bird guy. You, you, you get the basic concept here. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer Collins. She never picked a superpower. Her deal is that she's like a, a sexy cop. Great. And uh, uh, let me see. I think the only one I thought was interesting from the good guy side was Miles the Precognitive Peacock, who's literally just a peacock who can see the future. But uh, all he can really do is peck and caw about it because he doesn't speak any languages or anything. Good. So that's fun. Disgustor, by the way, was the name of the stinky villain. Ah. Yeah. Headmistress, she has mind control powers. You get it? And headmistress, yeah, because she's she gets all up in your head, and then I guess she's, she's going to use those SPs. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. For that headmistress, <laughs> Slam Dance, who's an evil punk, Killer Watt, who's like you know a live wire type. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they've done a fun thing where they say that because she's constantly radiated with static electricity, her hair's like she's just always touching a Van de Graaff generator. Great, that's fun, and uh, and so on, all the way up to 
the boogeyman, the evilest of the villains. He's just like an evil ghost who shows up and kills people. Oh no, an evil ghost. And then you've got some neutrals. You've got, you know, kick sidekick and cuddles the annihilator. <laughs> jokes. They're jokes. Great. They're fun. Great. So it's a good book. I was okay with this. It's it's an I like the concept. I'm gonna go ahead and say that about the supplement. Um, it doesn't just add stuff to the world so much as it serves as an uh, as a official sequel to the first book, which I generally like in my in my supplements to see like oh let's move the story forward a little bit let's let's introduce new layers like almost like you're playing a legacy RPG. Mm-hmm. I like that. I don't always like it like if it's too meta plotty and it's you know you you can't even play the first book because the second book changes things in a way that don't make any sense to the first book. Then I'm fine. But this is kind of like the progression from. Uh, what's the what shit? Was it? Saints Row? The Saints Row games. Mm-hmm. You ever played the way your way through Saints Row and it just gets increasingly stupid? And by the th- the fourth one, you have fucking superpowers. Yeah, this is like that. Yeah, Except, you know from the nineties, so it's fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. There you go. That's my book. Fabulous. I liked it. Thank you for your book report. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed hearing it as much as I enjoyed reading it. In summation, a supers is a light of contrast. John, I think it's your turn to go. Yes, it is now. Oh, I talked a long time. I thought I was. I, That's I, why I was getting the book out. No, I, you're trying to do that five minute window light, like I'm a, like I'm a stand up comic or yes. something. Yeah, I, I was worried I had to push for time. You looked at the time stamp and said more than a half hour's worth of time. What is wrong with your I brain? I knew I'd have to delete it in my <laughs> bra- in my brain. I was like, well, I'm at 34 minutes, and obviously I have to delete 34 minutes, which means I'm at probably 24 minutes. That's what makes the most sense to me. Yeah, when you delete 34 from 34, you obviously I'll tell you, end with 24. Let me tell you the worst thing about this conversation is that it's going to reference something I'm supposed to delete. <laughs> Let me tell you the best thing about no, this conversation. Nothing's getting deleted. I'm just going to use a truncate silence so people aren't listening to me turn around. Ha. Huh? Fine. You get an uncut episode, everybody. Baney. Thick. <laughs> so. Ribbled for her pleasure and his. Let's not be crazy. And everybody's. Everybody's. Crazy. Anybody's pleasure. Anyone who likes ribbled things. Episode 158 of the podcast was chill. <laughs> God damn it. It was super chill. I just, like literally when you pulled out the supplement, I remembered the words on the back of fucking chill. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to tell you this right now. Uh, I tweeted about it, but chill is because I wanted to listen to it for this episode. It is the first time in eight years that I've ever listened to our podcast. <laughs> I've listened to quite a few of our old episodes just because I want to see how we're evolving and so on. But John never goes back. Oh, no. I've listened to a few uh, expounded universe episodes when I was in a car with a friend who was listening to it. Mm. But System Mastery, I have not ever gone back and listened to and this is the first time and i was like oh that's a good episode Mm -hmm. chill was actually fun and and uh funny and it's not a game that most people would remember though because it's a horror game that's kind of you know we've done like four or five of those we've done don't look back and the rpg 13 b movie horror system and and so on and so forth and and the ones that are just sort of like horror the game tend to blend together now the one interesting thing about chill is that this one actually provided you with the world that you were in. So many horror games are just like, I don't know, maybe a mummy shows up, or, oh, you're just in a generic horror thing and a slasher will get you. Yeah. In Chill, there's an organization called Save Mm -hmm. uh, that is 
pretty much like the Watchers from Buffy. It's right. a bunch of British assholes that got together and were like, ah, I believe the unknown exists and that there's magic and demons, my good fellow. Let's go out there and try and get them the crucible. God, this is all coming back to me now. I'm literally remembering there's like a story where they where some member of Save sees a bunch of people riding their horses along a beach and there's like oh, yeah. villains chasing them and shit. Oh, God. Wow. Yep. Uh, one of those things where it was like, ah, yes, this one British guy was like, I discovered psychic powers existed and now I need to convince other people. Yeah. And that was save. Mm -hmm. But then also the book was like, and then <laughs> there was a concentrated attack against all save things and now it sucks and that organization doesn't exist. And I don't know why we spent half the book telling you about yeah, it. Yeah, there's like so much fucking build up to save. And then they're like, oh, by the way, save is 90% gone. So if you join save now, you get like a flashlight and a, a, a pad of paper and they tell you to, get, to like document things. Yeah. And they just send you out there to get eaten by serial killers. Yep. Yeah. So the original Chill uh, as well, it's also a percentage-based game. Mm -hmm. uh, but it is point by for your system. So you would put points into your stats and then you would have points for skills. And the skills only had three levels. Mm -hmm. uh, that would be a student, teacher, or master level. Yeah. And it had a cumulative bonus to what you would have per thing okay and the whole game was not terrible mechanically the worst thing about it was its fear mechanic yeah which was that you know every horror game is gonna have some sort of fear mechanic or you know you've got a, a sanity check or some shit like that and this one was no different but even if you were to get the best possible thing because there were like a low-end uh, success and then a medium and a high and a colossal. Right. If you got the colossal, it was still, oh, you're stunned for a round. And that was for anything with any sort of fear check, which meant, hey, there's a box of snakes and you're like, oh, fuck me, which means every zookeeper is constantly in a state of like, a bear. <laughs> well, I have to assume it's like a supernatural fear. Like if you're. No, <laughs> because it is straight up like. Oh, you see a tiger. It has a fear thing. It's not a supernatural tiger. It's just scary, which means every fucking person that goes to a zoo is like, let's go see the tigers. Uh, hey, look, a tiger. Uh, beep, beep. beep. <laughs> <laughs> that means nothing to anybody but us. Yep. Uh, oh, I guess Claire. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> hey, look, a science dog. All right, so... <laughs> nope, not explaining it. I'm Moving not on. I'm not explaining it. No, I was going to say, I, 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 when I remember reading it, I thought it was like, okay, the idea is that if you see these things in situations where you wouldn't expect to. So it was like, you know, the, the maximum fear value of a tiger is, oh shit, unexpected tiger, you know, like... Yeah, you see a tiger in the forest, and that should fuck your shit up. Yeah, you see a tiger in a zoo, you're like, oh, I'm supposed to see a tiger here. I've walked past a bunch of tiger-themed paraphernalia to get to this location. I'm next to a tiger gift shop. Except that's not the way it works. There's a sign that says tiger here. Do not be stunned for one round. <laughs> Except that's not the way it works. And I know it even had rules for like, oh, do you see the same thing that scared you over and over? You'll eventually start to get like used to it. But if you just see it, you're like, ah, fuck. <laughs> and of course, being stunned for a round is a pretty significant penalty, which means that the game had a, a fear mechanic that could lock the game down pretty hard. Well, especially it was bad when you're like, we're a group of, you know, they're called envoys for save. Yeah. But you're like, ah, our group of envoys goes to 
Some place to check out maybe a haunted house. A ghost appears. Our entire group does nothing for a round at least. Mm -hmm. That's if everyone is making a colossal success. If not, we just probably run away or cower or do nothing for multiple rounds. Yeah. So, chill, sort of interesting, good episode. I went and we got several uh, supplements for this from friend of the show, Richard. That's right. Yeah, he had a whole bunch of these. So, you know, I had my pick from several things. I could do lycanthropes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could go specifically into, like, vampires. There were a bunch of separate little things. But I decided for a, a game from 1990 and a supplement from 1992, I wanted to look into what they were going to do talking about voodoo in their horror game. <laughs> Jeff, I'd like to ask you a question. On a scale of 1 to 10, how bad do you think it is? On this voodoo book. I mean, I see that picture of what looks like a dist- like a half David Bowie on the cover, and I'm a little worried, I'll tell you that right away. Like, uh, that that their their cover for the voodoo book is some white dude with Egypt eyeliner going on. That that's <laughs> I'm not I'm not super enamored of Peacock Hairman teaching me about, you know, voodoo, a religion that he should not be a big part of. Well, let me tell you what. <laughs> Don't worry, this book's great, and actually straight up goes, hey, voodoo's a real religion, and in the world of chill, it's like, we're going to split it up into voodoo, the actual religion, and voodoo, a corrupted form of the religion that evil spirits have taken over. Fine. That, that's actually fine. That's actually, I, I, I wasn't that worried about this. Like, I'm, I'll tell you my strongest memory about, about uh, chill at all, it, it was passable for the most part. The, the thing I remember the most is the weird ass semi poetic writing that was like all over the book because hmm. it was like every, they had this serial killer named like Rax or something and he kept like having dumb quotes and that's the number one thing I remember was him being like sweeter still than the hyper sucralose kiss of womanity or whatever the fuck oh yeah it's just like his weird nonsense shit was the primary thing I remember just from the cover I'm saying that doesn't look very trustworthy but oh no the reason I picked it is I was like oh god it's <laughs> it's early nineties and they're gonna talk about voodoo. And it's a horror game, which means they're going to try and make, like, you are making voodoo into, like, a horror thing. Oh, God, what are they doing? I assume they're the, the closest they're going to, like, my natural assumption is the closest they'll get to any kind of, like, realistic, like, or, or care with the way that they handle it is that they'll spell zombie without the E at the end. Which they do. They do. So they the zombie with an I? Yep. Okay. All right. Well, that's, that was my first guess. <laughs> they, uh, they have a whole beginning of this thing is, like... Let me tell you the actual history of, like, voodoo and how it started and, you know, the slave trade and Haiti and, mm-hmm. you know, do they the get into the uprising. And, do they get into the other similar religions like Candomblé and stuff, too? Yes. Oh, that's cool to hear. Like, okay. You know, these certain Loa uh, are, you know, can trace very easily to certain West African deities from certain religions. Uh, obviously, there are like Catholic influences that will have certain things where like the religion actually is like, yeah, we believe in like Jesus, but he's too busy and important for you to actually pray to, which is why the Loa are around, because they're animistic spirits that you can deal with. I mean, is that all that far off from Catholics and all the saint stuff? I'm not work for like. Can you just skip that? Can you be like, oh god, I can't remember who the fucking patron saint of the internet is. Fuck it, Jesus, handle this. Is that I mean, a, basically is that a regular Catholic usually, trick? Well, it depends because <laughs> you have some that are like, 
oh, the one you really want to go to is uh, Mary because she can intercede on your behalf for Jesus. So she's like, Jesus will get angry if you try and get uppity and talk to just him. So you go to Mary because she's nice and she'll be like, hey, son, would you mind helping me out? So so in Catholicism, Mary is Jesus's agent? Kind of. I mean, that's much more of like a mexican hispanic level catholicism oh, okay. fair enough fair enough there's god there, there's a lot I, of catholicism i don't need to get into all the it, weird it, we were just talking shit. about all the angry letters we got for doing testament d20 at all <laughs> i'm not <laughs> i'm not making that mistake again. oh yeah and i actually you know have a friend who practices voodoo like is an actual practitioner i am well aware of the you know normal religious aspects of it i also have a friend who's a catholic priest so i don't want to get too deep into that man <laughs> uh but yeah i was very surprised that they would do that and do as like the person who actually wrote this did their fucking homework that's awesome that's actually like, that is actually good to hear based entirely on the cover I, I was worried but now I'm i'm feeling better oh yeah like they will throughout the book reference certain books and talk about like some scholars believe whatever. However, because it's such an insular community and you don't really, like, get answers if you're just some white guy doing research, right? it's much harder to tell about certain things. And so they're like, yeah, we split it up into Voodoo and the Hollywood version of Voodoo. Right. Uh, but the whole idea of Chill was there was the unknown, which is some other dimension where evil shit is. Okay. And at some point, uh, spirits from the unknown came out and decided to essentially, uh, like, act as if they were Loa. Okay. But they're not Loa. No. And for the most part, the people who are the actual, like, Bokors or Hungans that deal with them know that. Okay. Uh, they know that they're dealing with the false Loa and that these are just spirits, but... The ones who deal with them are like, well, I'm doing this for prestige or just for the power that comes with it or now, whatever it happens to be. So that brings up the obvious initial question. Are, they, are Do they purport the existence of the real Loa, too? So you never I mean, you're not going to get stats on the actual Loa. Well, I'm, I'm sure you I get didn't... stats for the false Loa, though. OK, you do. OK, so they can be they can be stopped. But like so you can you can be ridden by the real Baron Samdi or the fake one, but they're both in there. Well, the the book does a whole thing where they're like uh people have questioned why the spirits haven't just essentially taken over the entire thing and been like yeah anytime anyone does any voodoo practice they just show up and are like yeah fuck you i'm ogan get fucked right uh and they're they're like there are many different reasons why people think this one is they assume that the false Loa are afraid of the true Loa makes and sense. don't want to fuck with them. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, honestly, the moment you started talking about this, I just immediately pictured how every pantheon in Rifts works, where they're like, here's the Greek pantheon. Here's the almost Greek pantheon, where they spell, but they put a Y in Athena in the middle there. Uh, <laughs> and then here's the one that's just like a mercenary company named after the Greek pantheon. <laughs> and I'm like, how come the real Greek pantheon doesn't get pissed at the other two and clean up? then <laughs> there you go good explanation yeah so the the false loa generally will have their uh followers and leaders who as i said for the most part the leaders know if mm -hmm. the followers don't okay uh but occasionally you'll get someone who's like this started in i want to say the 1910s is when they said these 
false Loa showed up and started this split. Okay. Uh, so there are some who have been like servitors in this false voodoo that have been there like for their whole lives and grown up in it. Oh, yeah, it's and, generational at this point. Yeah, so yeah. they're like, there are some who have been brought into it from childhood that don't know that they're serving a false Loa, but the uh, traditions and all of the rituals and rites have gotten darker, and so you have that sort of like, oh, we're much more like human sacrifice now, and, mm -hmm. you know, we've got evil powers and we put curses on people. I mean, I appreciate this, although it feels like it's primarily just a long walk to make it okay, okay to kill voodoo guys. Well, the thing is, <laughs> you have, you still have normal voodoo, yeah. and you have a split between them where now you have uh, the nouveau get split in the term so that you have the Vobokor and those are basically the evil sorcerers that use voodoo to be bad guys and are running voodoo cults. Whereas you have things like the new Hungan or Mambo that are actually following voodoo right. and have powers. Right. And they fight against the false voodoo priests. Okay. So you've got good guy, original flavor, real Voodoo guys versus uh, fakety-fake demon spirit from the other side, voodoo guys. Yes. And also your save agents, which can probably be members of the sa of the, the first group, but also might may, may need help in fighting off agents of false Loas. Yeah, so there's an okay. adventure in the voodoo supplement that mm -hmm. is basically just like uh, a voodoo cult shows up in whatever city you happen to be in as save agents. Okay. Because the the book goes on and on about, like, you know, normally Dominican Republic, Haiti, a few other places like, you know, Louisiana, yeah. have an actual tradition for this. Uh, but the demonic influence is trying to spread to other things. So these false spirits are trying to pop up cults in places so that you might encounter them without being like, I go to Haiti and kill Haitians, which isn't a great look. <laughs> it's not like Haiti needs any help. No. The, the world has more or less decided. Yeah. So uh, if you do want to set a game there, they were like, you can be like uh, a new Hungan or Mambo. You can do that mm -hmm. if you want to. Uh, or you can just be agents that go there based on rumors and then get taught contacted by them and you kind of help them out I, I like that conceptually i like the idea of false loa because it, in my head i'm already spinning up ideas for what that would look like and how you could make it like affect the world you could be like oh well obviously the rise of zombie movies is, is a product of the false loa people because they're like oh we're gonna cheapen the brand and the legacy and, and be, it'll be easier to hide in plain sight if everyone knows what zombies are because they're you know in night of the living dead well you have in the book, you have physical and spiritual zombies. Okay. You have that sort of, uh, you know, you take a potion or a powder that causes you to go into a death-like trance. Mm -hmm. You get pronounced dead, buried, and then, you know, yeah. dug up a couple days later. And then because of the experience and the psychotropics, you're just sort of easily manipulated. Right. Physical zombie. And then with the supernatural stuff, they're like, oh, there are spiritual zombies where they do literally just take your spirit out of your body and then you kind of shamble around and do whatever they tell you. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that as well, because obviously the the uh, Hollywood take on zombies is very different from the voodoo uh, Ken Domble kind of takes on zombie, zombies yeah. as a concept. And they also have 
uh, in there, one of the things, because in addition to, you know, just the background, they have in Chill, the evil powers for the bad guys are called uh, the evil way. Okay. And that was all the shit where it's like, oh, Jason can teleport in front of you or a vampire can hypnotize you, shit like that. Mm -hmm. And so they have a whole bunch of new ones. They also have the art, which was for the good guys, and they have some new things like that. The book introduces uh, the Twilight art or art of the Twilight, which is in voodoo. There's a, you know, the concept of things aren't bad or good. It depends on how you use them. So like Baron Samdi can be someone who, you know, guards over the graveyards Mm -hmm. and is a protective spirit. But if you wanted to murder someone, you'd still have to deal with him. Plus, he's a fun party guy. (laughs) Yeah, super fun. Everyone loves hanging out with that dude all the time. All the time. (laughs) And uh, so the book's like, yeah, these are powers that you can use that are kind of not quite only good or evil. You could use them, however, but this is mostly what the new Hungan and Mambo have are these sort of in-between powers. Okay. Uh, But there's a danger to them because if you use them, a false Loa might notice you. Oh, you don't want that. Because it's sort of evil. Yeah, you don't want some sort of like faux Shango picking up on your your trail or whatever. Oh, yeah. Because there are also like, you know, red sects and black sects of the different religions where it's like, you know, you have your own groups that are insular and trying to like sniff out either you know people who are trying to infiltrate them or they'll do like their own justice on a community if someone wrongs someone shit like that so it sounds like it's a ultimately a complex and byzantine web of allegiances and fa- and uh, real and false gods oh yeah uh, and, and there are many worshipers who may or may not be in on the game but one of the things i was mentioning when i was going through that was uh when you were talking about the whole hollywood zombie thing is mm-hmm. One of the items you can get in here, because, of course, there are a bunch of, you know, magical items and whatnot, uh, is a voodoo doll. Okay. Which yeah. does not exist in the voodoo religion. No, of course it all. does not. It's just a whole cloth made up bullshit thing. Uh-huh. But they were like, yeah, it got to the point where the false lower were like, that's become such a Hollywood ingrained idea that they've begun to incorporate it into their own version of the religion. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm kind of curious to see how much stuff from like Hollywood voodoo has made its way into the false voodoo. So it's like so much easier to join it because you're like, well, I want to summon, I want to raise zombies. So what, which skull in this room do I spit rum at? <laughs> I that and, and they're just like uh, that one. Great, we got him. It doesn't. <laughs> well, yeah, the, that's not how any of this works. No, <laughs> and it's why they're able to do things like. You know, oh, we have a voodoo cult that pops up in, like, you know, Michigan or something. Yeah. Is because they're like, oh, because these idiots don't know any better. And it's much harder for the false Loa in Haiti because when they ride a horse or possess one mm-hmm. of the servitors, they have to pretend to be the Loa that they are calling on. So they have to act the way, ask for the clothes, the food, the trappings. They have to give a full like presentation of oh yeah no i'm i'm definitely ogun you you can believe me on that and they'll use their evil powers to try and like use prophecy or read people's minds so they can pretend to be the true loa Mm -hmm. 
but with people that don't actually know the true voodoo and aren't based in it, they're like, oh, we don't need to worry about that shit. We can just do whatever the fuck we I'll want. I'll just believe whatever I may have heard a Wiccan person say a while ago. Oh, you got a bag of penny royal or whatever? Great. That must be voodoo. I believe it. What do you got? Goofer dust? <laughs> Great. Two chicken bones and a penny that was buried at a crossroads. That's magic. I'm worried that all these things I'm saying that sound like just dumb Hollywood stuff might actually be part of. Oh, voodoo. they're not in the book. So no. that's why I'm going to be like, stop in a second. No. It's <laughs> uh, I mean, the most Hollywood shit you get is uh, the voodoo doll mm-hmm. and then the uh, eh, kind of the zombies they have like the two biggest things anyone knows about actual voodoo and uh, i'm saying this realizing that i'm probably crossing a bunch of lines because right is right about halfway what you're talking a second i was like wait where do i know any voodoo shit from oh wait william gibson novels and rice novels and the scion role-playing game i do not have a strong track record for proper original sourcing on why i know anything about this oh yeah and (laughs) it's so sad when you actually know anything and you look at like something like the scion voodoo pantheon and you're like Oh, oof, ouch, owie, don't do that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're like, oh, you you really fucked up and made Legba real weird in this. Yeah, like literally when you were like, when, when Aloha rides a horse, and I was like, I know exactly why that is. Wait, why do I know that? Oh, because AIs took the forms of Loas in the William Gibson Sprawl trilogy. Ah. Uh, <laughs> it's probably not a good original source. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> But that, again, is one of the nice things about the book, having all of the, like, you should probably read this, or here's a rundown of, like, if you want your people to see an actual voodoo uh, ceremony in game, like, this is what the different Loa aspects tend to ask for, this is their trappings that they have, this is usually the type of personalities they'll do, and you're like, okay, great. You can kind of try and fake it. Yeah. Uh, it's it's an interesting book, honestly. A lot of even the magical items are mostly just like, it's a whip that when it cracks, the sound of it can stop like an evil uh, ceremony from doing its magic. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I like that. That's that's very thematic for a magic item in a horror game. Oh, yeah. yeah. You have, you know, a bunch of things that would actually be used in Voodoo Rituals. Uh it's interesting. Some are just like little buffs. Some give you effects. The evil curses and shit that they have are all pretty much in the evil way. So you can be like, oh, I give someone a wasting disease and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And most of the protection from it are on like actual voodoo practitioners. Yeah. Like the good guys are like, yeah, I can use spiritual protection to stop you from getting that because the main chill book has like, oh, I can have mind protection like, yeah, that'll stop a vampire from hypnotizing you, but it's not going to stop one of the false Loa from, you know, fucking your shit up. Is that just a power level or do you need just a whole different thing? Is that the, is that the, the... it's just a different ability? OK, that makes sense. Yeah, it's essentially like, did you want to bring voodoo into your game? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, here's all that. Here's everything that goes with it. Mm-hmm. And you can pick and choose if you want to. But, you know, what if I want to bring all that into my game? Oh, well, then you'll need to have some pants that are very large and filled with too many things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's so I can add the uh, the talent of sag and baggin. Bag and sagin. Or bag and sagin. <laughs> Bagger Vance. I'm not an expert, John. My sources for knowing all about all that are very limited. I know a lot about wasting diseases because I've read some Stephen King. Ah! <laughs> 
ah, yes, I know all about the Roma because I read Thinner. Oops. <laughs> Oops, owie. Well, luckily I didn't say I know a single thing about the Roma. I clearly do not. <laughs> but yeah, no, like I said, super pleasantly surprised by the book. Uh, it adds, you know, a level of stuff that you can do. There is, even in the suggestions in the back, they're like, if you want to just add that in the background, you can kind of do it, have some trappings, or even, like, whispers of it you don't need to fully incorporate. And if you want to, either have it be just a false cult, or maybe one of your players is from Haiti and is... Uh, either inducted into it or they have things called wild talents where occasionally someone who just practices will stumble upon being able to do stuff for real. Cool. Yeah, that sounds neat. And also I'm looking at the, uh, I'm sorry, I took the book from you because I, I there's like an art piece on the cover where like a, a dude is probably doing a voodoo ritual. And on closer inspection, I realized that he is almost definitely actually a black guy. And all my calling him a David Bowie stuff is just because I could only see that he's done in a negative. Yes. Um, but I thought for a second he was tearing a, the, the original chill book in half. Because <laughs> I can only see it from a distance. Fuck this book. <laughs> As if that was like a dramatic statement on the cover. But no, instead I have no idea what that is. Maybe it's a... a, a dimension being torn open and well there's a lot of yeah. uh symbols that the different loa have right. so if that was one of the things in the book they're like oh the false loa know who to impersonate because of the symbols that get drawn during the ceremonies that's cool So they're like oh you're drawing the symbol for leg but i know who i'm supposed to be yeah well I, I i was looking at the adventure and it looked like it was actually kind of an interesting adventure like uh false voodoo is, has infected your hometown and you have to go solve it yeah the, um, the, the few things i remember about chill that are now starting to come back to me are like one of the things i remember disliking about it was that you had to roll to see if the enemies could do like their basic enemy things yes they have their own powers yeah. and it's not just oh i teleport when i want it's you roll to do that yeah so you'd be like well i'm running away from you know, Michael Myers, and they'd be like, well, he teleports to the room you're in because he's Michael Myers, and that's his power. He's not really, but that's his cinematic convenience is Michael Myers' power. Yeah, and I mean, in the episode, we were like, yeah, when it fails, it just means that you get a jump scare that isn't them. Yeah, you get something different, or you get a moment to, like, have you a regular Michael scene. You think Michael Myers is there, and then a cat jumps out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, a, a crow flies into a window. Yeah. Yeah, right. Okay, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, it sounds neat. Yeah, super neat. Definitely enjoy it. Uh... Way better than I thought it was going to be, so hey, there you go. It only needed to be like a C to be better than I was going to guess it was oh, going to be. Yeah. yeah, no, when I started that, I was like, oh, am I going to be like actually angry reading this? Is this going to be a post-mortem? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, am I going to need to you know, like retroactively cancel chill? And I was like, oh, no, okay, good. Although the book doesn't seem to realize that the main book said save was essentially destroyed because it keeps talking about like yeah save envoys and maybe you'll ask them for some scientific help and i'm like you realize you said in the main book these guys are done well what they said was that i think it was that save the the original organization was done but there's like a new save kind of like how there was a new sphinx you know just to keep it on the venture oh, brothers the new save is like you start your own faction and it's you and your three friends in a fucking yeah. shitty apartment with a flashlight and you go hey let's find out if ghosts are real yeah okay i it's not like i've listened to the episode recently so i'm in no position to get in a big argument with you yeah uh, also what the hell did i want to delete earlier i remember i wanted to do it at the 30, i don't know the Goodness. 30 the 34 minute mark but i don't remember what the fuck it was oh it wasn't at 34 minutes don't you worry about that shit <laughs> 
This is my memory. I've already forgotten what I wanted to delete. And I remember it, and I don't want you to. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I got that that minute issue right. I just wanted to let you know that at this point, as we round towards the end of the, end of the episode, I've already forgotten what I was grumpy about. All I remember is a number for some reason. Great. Yeah. Well, there you go. There's both of the books. Cool. What would you say is your favorite thing about uh, Chill the Voodoo expansion? Honestly, the amount of research that went into it. Okay. Like continually referencing books it's like oh yeah these scholars in this book say this uh according to whatever like you can tell that whoever wrote this actually gave a shit Mm -hmm. it wasn't just someone went hey we need a voodoo supplement and grabbed whatever freelancer they could find yeah so i love that okay what about you for supers uh, I'm going to say, when I did the original episode, my my favorite thing was that how well it hewed to the source material, because it felt, in every respect, like a parody of G.I. Joe. Mm-hmm. Like, they did a great job of, of coming up with ways to make the parody fit. And we read a lot of licensed games, and a lot of times, that's where they fall apart. They just copy the stuff, and they don't really think about why it works in a role-playing game context, and this game did a great job of doing that. So luckily, I can move on, I say they still did that, and move on to something else I really like. In this case, I'm going to say the XP mechanic of this game, which is slow, incremental constant gains yeah. as opposed to breakpoint gains i like the idea that you finish a mission you roll a d10 you get eight and you put it in your your uh, melee skill because you're like fuck it i want to be slightly better at melee right now i did a lot of fighting this episode yeah so that's neat i also really like the siloing mechanic for these uh, three types of superpowers oh yeah i thought that was very clever it's a great way to keep people from over investing in a single thing they even go out of their way to recommend like hey look the silos are there for a reason they're to keep you from putting all of your points into one power that said you probably should put all your points into one power in that silo you, you, you're not going to get a lot of benefit from having a four in every type of blast. Yeah. So, you know, maybe have three or four really good powers that you're good at. Oh, for sure. And I mean, that's one of those things I super appreciate. It, even in the RPG that I've been tooling around with, it has three different pillars because I'm like, I don't want everyone to just go, I get combat powers because that's all I want to do. I'm like, no, please don't. Every time you tell me you're still working on that thing, I'm amazed. Yep. It's not that I think you're not. It's just that I, I don't assume. I, I assume you're like, oh, I've been working on that recently. I'm like, yeah, like eight months ago, maybe once for 10 minutes. Ah. <laughs> no, it's my it's my noodle around project where yeah. I'm like, this will never actually come out because I'm going to continue to noodle on it forever. I wanted to get into that. I was like, you know, we spend so much time reviewing role playing games. It's high time we wrote one. And then I started writing cookbooks. <laughs> I was like, well, never mind. <laughs> oops. No, it's not an oops. Look, game designers, write real books instead. Take it from me. They actually pay money. I get royalty checks. Huh. <laughs> no offense. You're doing amazing things and you should keep doing them. Your creativity is laudable. But <laughs> real books. But you're chumps. The lot of you. <laughs> you aren't. I got lucky. John and I got lucky when someone offered oh, us Oh, we work. got lucky. That's why we come in columns. <laughs> Especially dorks. <sighs> Least favorite thing. Your least favorite thing about uh, Voodoo. Uh, the song. Yeah. Oh, it sucks It's droning ass. and sucks ass. It's terrible. It's the worst karaoke song ever written. Yeah, and everyone who's like, I'm going to do this, thinks it's going to be great and it sucks. Every They get up on stage, they fucking look at their feet because they're Dermot from the fucking Venture Brothers, and they're just like up there going, Voodoo, Voodoo. You say Voodoo a lot in this song, don't you? Yeah, I sure do. <laughs> I Voodoo. <laughs> Sorry, your least favorite thing about the game, though, the yeah. supplement. The supplement, uh, I think there's not a whole lot, honestly. Uh, the The only issue I think I really have is that so much of it 
like the vast majority is stuff you're not really going to use unless you specifically have like Haitian player characters mm -hmm. because a lot of it is like no there's and the book even says like yeah unless you are literally like Haitian or Dominican or anything like that and have been brought up in this culture and then had an actual Hungan do the ceremonies and make you an actual priest like you're not you some white guy isn't just going to be like, yeah, and I know voodoo. <laughs> and so I appreciate that, but it's also like, oh, it's very limiting, especially if you bring that into an established game. All you're really going to have is, oh, there's an evil voodoo cult. I mean, you get that from time to time when you want to incorporate a real world thing into a game. And then the first thing that people point out is that that real world thing would never go on an adventure. Yes. You're like, oh, I'm going to put monks in my game. You know, Florentine ones. <laughs> I've got nuns in my game now. I don't know why. They're not battle nuns. They're regular type. They might help midwife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so this one is very much like, unless you want to set your game in like Haiti, you're probably not using about 80% of this book, which isn't even, that's not a strong dislike. It's just a point against it in that it's not really a supplement that is generically useful well one thing i can say about both of these supplements is they don't try to just be like book two you know and they have like a, a vast diaspora of everything yeah they're both very focused and specialized they are which, what they are yeah so it's harder to find major points of contention because there's they're pretty focused oh yeah i mean most of my major points of contention are going to be shit i didn't like about chill rather than the supplement exactly yeah so there you go. Um, so, yeah, the, the only thing I would really say that is possibly a negative, and this is pretty subjective, one, one, one thing I, I want to point out, and this is a minor, I'm not going to go too deep into detail because I know they like their anonymity quite a bit, but but Ace Agents is in our club of people where we know that the, the author of this book is a listener now, mm. like along with Secret of Ziran and a couple of the Gamma World guys and so on. There's not a lot, but we know a few of them. So I don't, I, 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 I but here's the thing. I, I'm going to say the powers could have been wackier. Ah! And I know that sounds like a cop out of a thing, but really when Ace Agents w was a lot of fun because it was kind of a fun send up of, of G.I. Joe and it really lent itself well to doing parody versions of G.I. Joe where you could, you know, make a smos of K trees or whatever. Uh, but here the powers are kind of just like fire blast, turn your skin to steel shit. You'd see the X-Men do. Uh, and I was kind of hoping for something a little more in theme for the world. Okay. Or at least something that defined the world's theme a little more out of the power set. Mm -hmm. So that's about it. Um, it I, I would have liked to see the powers. When I finally got to them while reading the book, I was like, oh, cool, here we are. Oh, oh fire blast. Oh, oh, oh thick skin. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. La laser eyes. Gotcha. Yep, mm -hmm. yep. Just wasn't, I, I just wasn't feeling it. I wasn't, like, enamored. I'm feeling it. You're really feeling it? Yeah. Okay, that's fair. I, but that said, I really like the supplement. Would you play uh, Chill Voodoo? <sighs> no, because, I mean, I don't. I don't really want to play chill all that much. Right, right. As far as horror games we've done are concerned, it's probably one of the more playable ones. Yeah, and certainly if you're considering ones that are a little more generic, I think some of our, like, I'd say games like Whispering Vault are actually fairly easy to play, but but when it comes to, uh, like, a generic, this is a horror game simulator game, yeah. then it's it's certainly probably my favorite of those. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's just the fear effects that are a problem. Yeah. And even then, unless, I mean, this has a bestiary in it of like mm -hmm. animals that are sort of fucked up 
voodoo and spirit animals yeah that'll be like oh here's a giant snake that fucking attacks you yeah uh those have actual fear ratings but for the most part like a zombie has a fear rating of one it's not exactly like oh no there's a dude shuffling around <laughs> well especially here when a zombie can be like that regular kind of well yeah like, they have zombies yeah hollywood zombies in the chill book main book and those are spooky because yeah. it's an undead guy. But here they're just like an easily manipulated person who probably smells like dirt. Yeah. It's just someone shuffling around, probably farming for somebody. Yeah. And you're like, oh, no. <laughs> so could potentially be less scary. That said, you know, for the chill thing, I would say how many games are we already customarily ignoring all the fear rules of anyway? Oh, it's true. Like like in Palladium games, every one of them has got fucking horror factor. Have you ever rolled that shit once in your life? Oh, of course I have. Not me. We always skip that shit. Oh, I did it, but mostly it was because it was like, here's the thing that has a horror factor of 16 and it actually matters, unlike yeah. the millions of things that are like, I'm a horror factor 9, there's no way you'll fail this. Right. And the same thing with D&D &D and morale tests, no one rolls that shit. Yeah. It's no, I, I would, I'd give it a chance, but this is, you know, because of the subject matter, one of those things where you're like, but you'd want someone to run this that wasn't just a real big piece of shit and just there for the hollywood voodoo it is definitely a game where uh th there's a tightrope walk between who who can really run this in a way that it isn't gonna suck oh yeah and you'd also want to be like yeah i don't want my fat white guy to play the haitian like bokor so let's not do that yeah anyway there you go mm -hmm. i'm i probably would under the right circumstances and for ace supers well neat thing about ace agents is that we both said we'd play it yeah. And that was, you know, for we didn't say that a lot in the early games. No, not really. <laughs> so this is an early one. We were both like, hell yeah, this game seems neat. And it's pretty easy to put a character together. It seems like we'd play it. And this is just that game plus superpowers, which you already know I love superpowers. Oh, yeah. You know so, I love superpowers. Yeah, it's it's generally my favorite genre to read the books from is supers. Uh, so I would absolutely play this. And and uh, just like I would play Ace Agents, since it seems like it's a, a fun send up. I, I, you could have a good time doing this, no problem. Is it the best supers game when I run it, like, as my primary supers game? Probably not, but, you know, it, it's something I could see running at a convention or something. And there you have it. And there you have it. Thank you so much for joining us. Please join us again. Yeah, and if you want more, uh, Jeff's going to make an ace super. I'm going to make a chill dude, mm -hmm. and <laughs> we... We are going to have those in our bonus content. If you head over to patreon.com slash system mastery, join us at the bargain basement dollar level. You will unlock the system mastery bonus content where we make characters in these games. And uh, you'll find out what happens when we stop being fake and start Jesus. getting real. I was thinking that and I didn't say it literally because I was seeing if you were going to. Yep. Ugh. I was looking at you and I'm like, I know you're thinking this. <laughs> Might as well cut me off. <laughs> the, the only thing I didn't want to do was have a jinx scenario. <laughs> but yeah, patreon.com slash system mastery. Check us out. It's great fun. And a lot of times we'll have some insights and discoveries from making the character that doesn't quite get to make it into the episodes. Yeah, you'll learn more from the bonus episodes than you would from just the primary episodes. I mean, obviously, because it's yet more content, but sometimes stuff that we forgot to say or that we didn't realize until we made characters shines and we have we have a lot more to talk about. It's absolutely worth the dollar. It's the best investment for value. Hell yeah. You get, you get two extra podcasts a month for two bucks a month. I mean, it's a great deal. Who else is doing that? I don't know. Probably somebody. Some, probably, yeah, other podcasts are doing that for sure. Who assume. else is doing that that we're aware of? <laughs> No one. There you go. Because I'm not aware of most podcasts. Can't beat those odds. <laughs> uh, and of course, it is 
Difficult times monetarily for a lot of people. We understand if you can't spare anything or just don't want to give us money, mm -hmm. that's obviously okay. That's why you send us cans of soup. <laughs> send us a rock where we can make our own rock soup. Ooh, stone soup. And you can, of course, give us a nice rating review anywhere you're listening to us on Spotify or Stitcher or whatever. Mm -hmm. That way we'll... I don't know, maybe pop up as a recommended thing. Let's fuck up that algorithm so that we actually get recommended to people. Oh my god, that'd be crazy. Right? If every single person listening right now were to be like, five stars, and then for no reason Spotify was like, hey, you should listen to this. I would love to see that happen, because uh, in like an en masse kind of situation, because normally what I'm used to is watching the story of people recommending us on Twitter, and then four out of five times the response that comes back is, what the fuck, why did you recommend this bullshit to me? <laughs> I was looking for someone to just fillet games I like. How dare you? <laughs> we get that too, but also just we're kind of loose and disjointed, and I think they're waiting for someone who's got a bit more of a, like a radio lab style where they randomly add music cues and have random extra voices pop in. Yeah, I don't need wind chimes and then telling you it's our new segment, whatever. You can go fuck yourself. <laughs> we do things raw and uncut. <laughs> and veiny and ribald. <laughs> All right, thanks, everybody. We'll see you in a week or two weeks with yet more exciting System Mastery content. Until we do, you all have a good one.